Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 58 of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's. I got Casey, Joy, MBG. 2023 college football season's in the books. Michigan Wolverines are your national champions, knocking off Washington in the title game last night, 34-13. to We go around the horn here and talk about the national championship game and also the college football season in general. Just give me all your hot takes. Casey, what do you got? You know what really pisses me off? Who's really grinds my gears? Uh, Nothing. You didn't no. give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> that the national championship, the national championship, effectively ends the college football season for seven months, and now I have to listen to South Carolina fans that are going to crow. See what I did there about their recent transfers from like Wagner University and Directional, whomever, completely forgetting that they're still South Carolina. I really hate that I never answered the question, by the way, so I just want to preface it by that. Um, I really, truly had hope for Washington coming back yesterday and even thought that there was two game-changing calls. I know they lost by three touchdowns, but I really thought the ACC referees were awful, and they were really just two. There were two holding calls. One was uh, offsetting. They had a, uh, Washington had a pass interference down at like the two, and had some ticky-tack holding call on Washington that offset the, the play. And another one was a holding call that was a, a long run that basically the lineman just kind of threw the defensive end down to the ground. So I thought those were really kind of ticky-tack. You don't make those calls in regular season games, let alone postseason games and national championship. However, Michigan was great, though, with that running attack. I, I think the reason they were talked down upon during the postseason was – because they're boring offensively if, in this, today's day and age. But back to the point, I'm really sad the season's over and that that my alma mater went 9-4. and four. Casey, my favorite thing about that is, do you know what you've told me your biggest pet peeve is when people complain about officiating? Holding calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've said that multiple times before. <laughs> on the show and on Twitter. That's the yeah. first time Casey remembered something. Yeah. <laughs> so I, when you say the same things over and over, Joy, right. they do just stick. They got to stick somewhere. <laughs> All right, Joy, how about you? Um, I was thrilled with last night. I was really tired of hearing about Michael Penix. That doesn't mean I don't think he's a good quarterback. It doesn't mean any of that. It just, I was, I'm, I was over every time I got on social media, a Washington fan telling me why he deserved the Heisman and, I was just over it, and I think big players show up in big games, and he really struggled to do that. I do think towards the end of the game, you could see he was in pain. I think he probably took some hits he wasn't used to taking, and he got hurt. But I also think a lot of Mich- or a lot of Washington was exposed last night. They were deemed to have the best offensive line in college football. They won the Joe Moore Award for that, and Michigan's defensive line made their offensive line look like a complete and total joke. I mean, they got ran over and ransacked I just I thought their their offense just could not click on any cylinder and I said all year as soon as they played a pretty good defense they were going to struggle they didn't exactly beat the brakes off of Texas by any stretch of the imagination and as soon as they got into Michigan 
that game. I just think Michigan's defense wore down that offense, which I kind of thought would happen, and I kind of said it all season. So I enjoyed the game. I am already overhearing that it's going to get vacated and it's an asterisk and all of that kind of stuff. I think the better team won yesterday, and I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I did too. I think it was a great game. I have some more some more thoughts I'll go into, but I'll let MPG chime in here. What did you think about last night or the season in general, MPG? Well, I think uh, it's time to reluctantly admit that Michigan's probably the best team in the country. I withheld saying that for a long time because I didn't think they were, but it's probably time to recognize that that's true and that Jim Harbaugh is probably the best coach in the country. I don't think that Michigan has anywhere near the athletes that Georgia or Alabama has, and they ran through that uh, schedule and beat everybody. They play great. They're well coached. They don't make mistakes. Uh, their scheme seems sound. Um, they seem prepared for every game. You can put that up to sign stealing or, or whatever it might be, but they're always prepared. And, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to say, well, I think Georgia would beat them. I think Georgia would beat them, but I don't know if they would. I mean, I think Michigan probably is the best team in the country, and it, it pains me to say it at this point, but turns out that's probably the truth. Yeah, and that's I agree with everything you just said. Say whatever you want about Michigan. They're an incredibly well-coached team. MBG, you said they don't make mistakes. That was they they just don't. They have an all season and they just grind teams in the submission. You know, people the game was ugly last night, but I think every Michigan game is ugly because of the way they play. I mean, they play great defense and they just run the ball down your throat and they throw if they have to. And they didn't have to deviate from that all season, basically, because they did what they do better than their opponents did in every game. So and I think it was it was an ugly game, but I think that's kind of par for the course for Michigan, and that's kind of a credit to them, if anything, because Washington didn't get to go up and down the field like they have all season. I don't think you can – I don't think any of us are saying this, but I, I don't think anyone can say Washington just didn't play well. I think it was a function of how Michigan played on defense. It's funny how when we see a team that plays good defense and runs the ball effectively, we call it ugly didn't used to be the case, but you get accused of being ugly and winning ugly when you just play good defense and run the ball and run the clock and possess the ball. That gets called ugly. So we're saying, well, it's an ugly game and Michigan won ugly, but no, they just dominated everybody. They ran the ball over and over and put up 34 points. I mean, they won by three touchdowns, right? They, yeah. had, they had four rushing touchdowns. They they didn't have to deviate from their their script the whole game. And I mean, I thought other thing, I, I thought in the Alabama game too, like Michigan – I think Harbaugh coached Saban or his staff outcoached Alabama's staff. I thought they out schemed them. I didn't think they were necessarily better talent wise, but they, you know, I think they beat Alabama in part because of the coaching, which is not something I'd ever thought I'd say about an team. Then the other thing, takeaway from this season, I mean, I'm bummed that it's over too, but there are going to be so many changes going into next year. Like the fact that the Pac 12 is gone. I haven't even gotten used to like BC and Pitt being in the ACC, much less you know, Cal, Stanford, and SMU. It's just, everything is just so weird with the realignment stuff. Um, the transfer portal has has done a lot of things. I think it's made it a little bit tougher for the teams in the very top tier and a little bit easier for the teams in that next tier below, which I think coinciding with the 12-team playoff next year is going to make it super interesting because I think we could potentially have in a 12-team playoff, I mean, you could have seven or eight teams who could win it. And that hasn't been true in a long time. So, yeah, I think going into next year, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, I, you know, the good thing for us is the more teams that have a 
viable shot at winning the title, the more epic the, the message board meltdowns are going to be. So as we like to say, all that is good for business here. Absolutely. All right. It's sad that we're closing up the season, although, you know, I'm sure we'll find a way to keep it moving with college basketball and everything else. And we're still going to have weeks of posts about Michigan. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm the, sure. Uh, you know, their invalid title over the next couple months. So we should be good to go. All right. So next up, we have our mailbag question. This week's question comes to us from a friend of the podcast at Sad Terps Fan, who asks, if you could hit one college football mascot in the knee with a baseball bat, which mascot would it be? It's the first question we've ever gotten from someone who at one point lived within four blocks of me. So, <laughs> Casey, which mascot? We, we've had a lot of mascot questions lately. I kind of like this. Yeah, I like Casey. them. I, I, yeah. Think, I think I'm going to surprise you folks and not go with the man or woman dressed that dresses up like a chicken. I actually think the chicken is pretty fun, to be honest. His name's I didn't like to say his name on, on the air. I'll, I will bleep that out. Um, take that, cock fans. I'm being nice. Who asked this question? Sad Turk fan? Sad Turk fan. Our buddy I Lamar. I like, I like that a lot. I like drunk Lamar a lot. So anyway, if I had to beat a mascot with a bat, this is actually in Joy's wheelhouse, I think. Um, this is a tough question. I think I'll go with the Duke Blue Devil with its athletic tape headband that they put on for the basketball games with like a, a witty phrase, quote unquote, or whatever. It's it's not that witty. And like, what are you even doing? I picture some guy or gal fresh out of the library trying to be all witty. You know what's witty, Duke Blue Devil? The whack to the back of your knee that I give you. Whack! That was kind of fun, Hoos. That's a good question. I like that one. I like the sound effects. All right. <laughs> this is an audio medium. Casey enjoyed that a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> although not as much as you enjoyed making mascot babies in your mouth last week. So that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, Joy, which mascot are you going with? I have a couple. I, I think Casey's right. Like I could probably name 25 mascots that I could do this with. I'm going to go with two and both happen to be real life people. And in honor of the guests that we'll have on the show later tonight, I would absolutely destroy the Notre Dame Leprechaun with a baseball. <laughs> I mean, I would go hang him. And he wouldn't, I mean, he's a leprechaun, so he wouldn't have that far to fall. But it would be fun just to take him out. And then, guys, we know me. I mean, I just have a brand here, and that brand is hating Texas A&M. They don't really have a mascot. They have Reveille, but, like, she's – She's just a dog, a beautiful dog. You're gonna um, hit a dog with a bat? No, no let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> not, dogs now. I don't. I don't really think when people think of Texas A&M, that's not what they see in their head. What do they no. see in their head? Those stupid yell leaders. And so I would take a bat to every single Texas A&M yell leader and knock them into Colonel Cult hell. I mean, I would just. I wouldn't go to their knees. I'd go to their head. I mean, if I were being honest, like I would just knock them all out. I can't stand them. They're the most annoying people that walk on the face of the earth. They look like, I mean, they, I'm going to stop because I'm, I could get in trouble. Would it be but, funny if I just beeped out the whole thing once you yeah. said Texas a <laughs> There was God. real violence in Joy's eyes right there, by the way. <laughs> all right, MVG. So, who you got? 
Well, I'm not going to be as violent as Joy. I'm just going to do a little Tanya Harding to the knee. I'm not going to be hitting anyone anywhere else. But I would pick, um, of course, I would pick Cosmo the Cougar from BYU. And it's not just because I don't like BYU. It's because if you guys have ever seen Cosmo the Cougar, he's, like, good at everything. He's oh, like one, yeah. He's, he like, one of the best mascots doing all sorts of all sorts of stuff, all sorts of new stuff. He's always on TV doing stuff. And I just feel like he needs to be knocked down a few pegs. Like he's probably got a big head like most BYU people do. And so just a nice little uh, lead pipe to the knee might might bring him down a few pegs. So I'd take Cosmo the Cougar. Whack. Mm-hmm. I love that Casey was the only one who's taking the high road here at the four of us. So, I mean, the easy answer here, obviously for me is the Virginia tech Hokey, but I would also go with the Providence Friar mainly. So we can't terrorize our friend, Nicole Auerbach anymore. Again, if you all haven't done a Google image search for that mascot, he's freaking terrifying. This also reminded me of, and this actually came up on the sickos account, I think last year. So in 1983, we had a mascot, a new mascot that lasted literally for like a game and a quarter. He looked like the character from the video game, Qbert. MEG, do you remember that game? Of course. I love and, that game, uh, too. So during the home opener in 83, students threw shit at it, and a bunch of fratty bros literally attacked it and tore its tongue out. And then the next game, it was on the field for like a quarter, and they had to pull him off the field because of, quote, fear of further violence. This, like, attacking the mascot – and driving him off the sidelines may be the most hardcore thing our school has ever done. It's basically been all downhill from there. So just wanted to <laughs> throw in that little piece of trivia for you there. All right. Brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week, put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, we had a two-way race between Joy and me. My nominee, Jason Whitlock, getting the win with 50% of the vote. Edging out Joy's nominee, FSU fans, who got 42%. Casey's nominee, Jim Phillips, and MBG's nominee, Yan Cheng Long, tied for third place with 4% each. So now I'm in the lead with 19 wins, followed by Joy with 12, Casey with 10, Courtney with 1, MBG with 0. MBG, you're now 0-42. Had to go to the esports world again uh, this week for reference. The Shanghai Dragons lost 42 straight games in the Overwatch League, including a perfect 0-40 record during the 2018 Overwatch League season. During that season, the Dragons went through three head coaches, which I didn't realize esports teams had head coaches, but they fired two guys. And according to Wikipedia, their 0-40 record is the worst single-season record in professional sports history. So once again, MBG, you're in fine company. Casey, who are you going with this week? I can't believe, seriously, y'all. I tied MBG last week. MG, MBG should should at least beat me re- recently. I've been awful. I've been atrocious <laughs> at this game, to be honest. I just wanted to apologize to my, my most loyal fan, Fast Chad. <laughs> this week, I'm going with whomever immediately went to social media to claim that Michigan was the greatest team of all time. I know that's probably too many letters for our vote, but we'll figure something out. I'm bitter about a few narratives that come out, and this is up there in the top three. I'm pretty sure that I have a problem with things that cannot be proven, and this one cannot be proven. Of course, I'm biased to Clemson 2018, the first major college football team that went 15-0, and by the way. But the flip side is that there's nothing concrete to refute the claim either, which probably fires me up just as much. 
and I think I'm still fired up about beating the crap out of the Duke Blue Devil. I'm just kind of fired up as a whole tonight. Joy, you're up. <laughs> that, was, that was the most abrupt ending to Genius of the Week ever. Yeah, I feel like I just took something. I feel like I just got off a roller coaster. <laughs> just wait. Uh, just wait. <laughs> my Genius of the Week hails from my home state of Louisiana. I'm going with Dennis Allen as my genius of the week. I don't know how many of you are, I don't know if any of you have paid attention to what happened at the end of the Saints-Falcons game this week, but it was absolutely hysterical. So the, as we all know, that's a huge rivalry. The Falcons threw an interception, which they've done all season long at the one, and the Saints recovered it. I believe they were up like 40-something to like 17. I mean, it was a complete and total blowout. And Dennis Allen called for victory formation well, Jameis Winston and all the guys on the field decided that they wanted to give Jamal Williams, who had not scored a touchdown all season long, an opportunity to score a touchdown. So he called the whole team together, asked them what they wanted to do. They said they wanted to score. And so that is what they did. Which, first of all, if that doesn't scream that you've lost control of your entire team, I don't know what does. But we'll get to that in a later date. After the game, Arthur Smith, obviously angry, um, meets Dennis Allen at the 50, screaming at him, telling him how uncalled for it was. Of course, Dennis Allen's like, bro, I didn't do it. Like, I, I set up victory formation. I didn't know they were going to do it. And it was the first time all season long that people, that Saints fans in particular, had really embraced Dennis Allen and like, okay, he he does care about this team. He does care about this fan base. He does care about this this organization. And then he proceeded to go in the post-game press conference and throw every single one of his players under the bus and um, make sure that everyone knew that he was not responsible for that. And I just think when you're finally starting to get some respect from your fan base, and if you would have walked in there as a guy who is questionable right now with his team and just said, like, yeah, we like we own it. If you don't like it, you can get over it. It's a rivalry. We did what we needed to do. He would have it would have gone a long way with the players and with the fans, but he chose not to do any of that and throw his entire team under the bus. And so for that, Dennis Allen is a coward and my genius of the week. All right, MBG. Oh, by the way, Jameis Winston being involved in that is was like the least surprising thing of this NFL season. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not a Saints fan, like I don't care, but at there was a little bit part of me that I was like, I appreciate the fact that you cared. Like, I think Jamal Williams was like, he was going to get a bonus that he wasn't going to get if he didn't score a touchdown. So like, I appreciated the fact that he took initiative for his team. And it was like, Hey, look, like he loves that team. And, and they all really love the team. And they all went to war for Jameis and the whole team had each other's backs. It was just Dennis Allen was a coward. So um, I'm not, I'm not all Arthur Smith, that. Arthur Smith going after him that hard after the game and then immediately getting fired was also hilarious. Exactly. Also like, sir, <laughs> please stop acting like that was why you were going to get fired. Like you were not going to yeah, like go, go back to the locker room and lose your job. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. MBG. Is this the week? Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I'm going to go with my guy here. My guy, Connor Padgett. I'm sure you guys saw Connor Padgett. This is my guy down in Alabama. He was at a New Year's Eve party and decided he was going to crawl inside an urn like the genie from Aladdin or something. Uh, did you guys see that on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> he, this dude, I don't know, he crawls in, in like an urn. You can find the video on Twitter, who's, if you haven't seen it. He crawls in some urn, and then he gets stuck in there, and then it just shows him in the video. He's like waist deep in this urn. It's probably like 
three feet off the ground. I don't even know how he fit in there, but he do, he totally looks like the genie from Aladdin with just his upper body sticking out of the urn and he can't get out. So the video is him just complaining that he can't get out, asking people to call the fire department. Finally, some of his buddies come and just chisel, break the urn and chisel him out. And then the funniest part is they said afterwards, he emerges from the urn with no pants on and <laughs> It says that they saw him at the bar just a little bit later with no pants, still just drinking and smoking a cigarette at the bar, having escaped from the urn. So uh, my guy, Connor Paget for getting stuck in an urn on New Year's Eve uh, is my genius of the week. Did he if you haven't seen the video of who's, you have to find it. Oh, he had pants on when he went in. Hey, he just left him in the urn? <laughs> well, I'm not certain. He had to take his belt off. I think he thought his belt was what was keeping him stuck in there. So he took ah, his belt gotcha. off. And then he still couldn't get out, so they had to chisel the urn. And now they're trying to figure out how much he's got to pay for the urn. Uh, they were saying it could have cost as much as three thousand bucks for that urn. So my guy I Connor, it's uh, a bad day. Happy New Year! Tough. Yeah. yeah, tough, tough week for Alabama. MBG, we have a, a common theme this week for Genius of the Week. So uh, I think so. Yeah, my Genius of the Week is the Bass Pro Shop Naked Cannonball Guy, which I know won't fit in the Twitter poll, so we'll have to figure out how to shorten that. I think everyone has seen this, uh, but I did a little digging to get some more information on it. Apparently, this is a 42-year-old cannonballer was driving in a car with two family members when he ran into a pole in the store parking lot. He then got out of his car, stripped naked, walked into the store, and jumped into the Bass Pro Shop pool from the top floor. After hanging on the ledge of the pool... And showing off the worst case of shrinkage in the history of penises, the man launched himself <laughs> over the side and landed on the cement floor with a sickening thud. I don't know if you the the audio is seriously disturbing when he hits the floor. He was then subdued by police officers and then and possibly the most embarrassing part was basically dragged away while on his belly over the wet concrete floor. So for becoming an internet sensation, for showing off his shrunken junk and giving every other man in America reason to strut around like Vince McMahon, the best pro shop cannonball guys, my genius of the week. Well done. Also, my, my favorite part of this is that it makes pooping in a hotel bathtub in your 40s seem like relatively normal behavior, right? At, <laughs> le at, least, that <laughs> at least that was partially involuntary. <laughs> All right, before we move on to our next segment, I want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. The first is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new episode drop today titled Congratulations to Winning Team, parentheses, update with CFP winner before posting, where they discuss the Pennsylvania Farm Show, the FCS Championship game, meeting CFB Campus Tour and Roger Sherman, and lots of other Sickos content. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander You podcast. We had an episode dropped last Friday titled From Sugar to Sh where they broke down the sugar and rose bowls. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest is a wildly popular podcast host and producer. She was a co-host of Off the Looking Glass. You can currently find her on all your favorite sports podcasts, including Gojo and Golick, The Dan Lebertard Show, and Golick and Smetty, which she co-hosts with Mike Golick. Welcome to the show, Jessica Smetana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is such an honor. I'm a big fan of your Twitter account. 
<laughs> Very excited to have you here. So uh, before we get to the message board post, we usually start off by going around the horn and having each of us shoot you a question. Does that work? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So I always warn our guests, just strap in for Casey's question, because if you need to go get a glass <laughs> of water or something, you know, <laughs> he tends to I have my, I have my new uh, Christmas present Stanley Cup right here. So oh, nice. I'll, I'll be Did very well hydrated for this. One? <laughs> no, I did not line up at 5 a.m. This was like, um, my boyfriend got me this like kind of as a joke because we were talking about how wildly popular these things are. And then he just got me one and I was like, I kind of like it. So I, I can see the hype. I wouldn't well, get up early for it, but I do like it. They're addicting. So just be prepared. I, my wife has about 11 extras if you need one. Okay. <laughs> so I, can, I can send some your way because my husband <laughs> got a little out of hand. So. Good job, Lehman, right? Isn't that right? Yes, Lehman. Good. Well, well, All right. Well done. Jess, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us today. I'm the resident huge Levitard fan, so I'm tickled pink about you coming on with us. Mike Golick Jr. told me the Stugats is strong in me when he was with, with us about a month or so ago, so that's made my short-lived podcast career. Uh, I almost quit right afterwards, to be honest. I don't but know if that's no a good pressure. thing. I know. No pressure to compliment me or nothing. I'm using air quotes here. Uh, enough about me, though. I talk too much, if you couldn't tell. So I'm a huge fan of yours, truly, especially when you were with Sports Illustrated. And the super. And I was super excited when I heard that you moved your life from New York to Miami and joined up with Levitard. Uh, I'm not sure how you deal with all those characters on that show, but that's a question for another day. Uh, also, I want to let you know I've started a petition to get your F1 minute to be F1 two or three minutes, but stand oh, by on that. <laughs> and all of your shows that you're doing, uh, you're so busy with Golik Sr., Golik and Smeddy, Foot Girls, I think, with Lucy Roden. We're not sure the title, right, for the Levitard show fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, that one's not going to make sure sense I'm, to anyone yeah, out of context. I know. I'm going, I'm going in. But I'm sure I'm missing many more. You just see, always seem so busy coming and going on that show. I'm just amazed you have time for us. So, again, thankful. Thank you again. Um, sorry, here's my question. So fans of yours know you have about 35 favorite teams, including mm -hmm. two, two main college teams, your alma mater, Notre Dame, and my alma mater, Clemson, where I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you transferred from after a year mm -hmm. or spent some time there at least, right? So my question to you is, was the rigor just too hard at Clemson? So you had to go to a lesser heralded academic institution. And, <laughs> that, yes. and just so you know, I'm not sure. I had help with the word rigor. I'm not even sure. What that <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly right. I actually have my I, on that side a little South Carolina thing behind me. I I really like Clemson. Um, enjoyed my year there. Was a big Clemson fan for a while. After they won a couple national championships, I was like, okay, I don't think Clemson needs me anymore. I'm just going to double down on the Notre Dame stuff. Um, it, it became a little bit like, okay, they were the lovable underdogs for a while. And then it was just like, all right, they just are winning a lot. And this is getting a little annoying. Oh, so yeah. congrats to the, congrats on that. I'm with you on that, actually. Don't tell One of my Clemson. favorite national championship games ever was the year that they blew the doors off Alabama though. That was a highly enjoyable watch. And I loved every single minute of that game. <laughs> Casey brings that game up about every other episode. I think it was I went in on Golden Jr. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for right, hanging with me and being a good support. <laughs> All right, Joy, what do you have for Jessica? I love that I'm always the girl that brings up the football question because that's, I guess, is just I feel the same way on the Levitard show. <laughs> like, I'm the one that has to, I'm like, I'm the one that always brings it back to football. They're, they're, 
they'll ask you whatever crazy things they want to ask you. But I'm going to ask you about football. So, um, obviously, with Notre Dame, I am with LSU. So, I have Brian Kelly as my head coach. But I want to ask you about Marcus Freeman. Obviously, every female in the world has the same opinion on how he looks. But I want to ask you if he's capable of, is he the guy? Like, is he going to get Notre Dame where they need to be? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, not to sound cliche, but like it is this is this is crunch time for Marcus Freeman. It's year three. He's had a couple years to bring in a few recruiting classes, both as a coordinator and as a head coach. Um, and you know, there have been some some things that haven't been perfect his first couple of years. Like his first year as a head coach, obviously losing to Marshall and Stanford, two teams that Notre Dame absolutely absolutely should not have lost to, were pretty rough pretty rough as a fan to watch though like you you don't so much like feel terrible that he he loses his opening game to Ohio State on the road but then you go back home lose to Marshall not great um and so a little bit of a disappointing first season I thought still ended up nine and four I believe at the end of last year won the bowl game so everything good there then they bring in Sam Hartman right so second year you start winning the games that you're supposed to win if you're Notre Dame and their losses were to all pretty good teams this year. Clemson obviously had a bit of a rough season, but they were still a very talented team and playing on the road at Clemson, still one of the toughest environments, I think, in college football. Um, losing to Ohio State at home with 10 men on the field, kind of a – that's a tough one. That's a tough pill to swallow. That one should not have happened. I was there, and it was brutal. Um, and then losing to Louisville on the road, again, like they were a pretty good team, very good defense. Ended up playing the ACC championship game. I guess that one you can kind of like – justify if you're a fan but there weren't any of those like losses that you were like okay this is the this Notre Dame should not lose to this caliber of team so it's I think a good step forward now going into next year and there's a lot of teams that I think feel this way about where they're headed and where they're at like the it's really playoff or bust right there you want to be in that first 12 team playoff so I think it's going to be a really important year they're doing really well in the portal this year um he's just always had great recruiting classes at Notre Dame, two top 10 recruiting classes back-to-back years, which is great and something that, you know, at times at Notre Dame has been a little difficult depending, you know, Brian Kelly has had great success with some recruits and also had some people that he developed really well and coached really well, ended up in the NFL that way. And I think at Notre Dame, you kind of have to have a combination of both. Um, But it's great that he's been able to like continue that recruiting success at Notre Dame and with the addition of, you know, filling in holes in the portal, which is something that I think Notre Dame has, you know, it's, it's still like a new concept, I think, to a lot of college football programs, but um, it didn't seem like something that Notre Dame was super keen on as an administration until maybe this year or or like kind of midway through last cycle. So that that's, I think a positive step. Um, So I think he has the tools there to be successful. I think next year really is like the pivotal year. And I think you're going to see fans of all the, you know, all the coaches from that 2021, 2022 coaching cycle, like the Brent Venables and like the Lincoln Riley and, um, the Brian Kelly's even like, this is a really big year for them. And so I'm really happy with the direction things are going for Marcus Freeman, but we'll see this year. I'm, I'm definitely like, this is the most important year I think for him and for whatever the trajectory is going forward. I just forgot to mention Tony Elliott, the other huge name in that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, same with Tony Elliott. I, and I will say as an aside, like I've been lucky enough to talk to coach Freeman and, and meet him in person and do like a f- interview him a few times. He is such a nice guy. Like he really seems, and you know, obviously I don't, I don't know him in his personal life. I can't say 
he's like the best person on earth, but he seems like someone that players really love, really respect, and definitely is doing and saying all of the right things to get people to want him to be successful, which, I mean, as you probably know, as someone who now has to cheer for Brian Kelly, wasn't always the case in the previous <laughs> coaching administration. I, I, under, I understand. <laughs> good, so. All right, so uh, Jessica, my question is kind of in the same vein a little bit. Joy and Casey both talked about your Notre Dame alum. I also know you're a huge Steelers fan um, with Michigan winning a natty and the Ravens possibly winning the Super Bowl. I was wondering, would that be your personal sports apocalypse <laughs> if both those things happen this year? It's a, that's a really great question. Um, I will say as a Steelers fan, I feel like you can always kind of like rest your laurels on the uh, first team to win six Super Bowls thing. And, and they've won two in my lifetime. And so, you know, the Ravens have a bit of a ways to catch up, I think. Um, so that would be terrible, but I would say worse would be if Michigan won, you know, this national championship and then next year USC won the national championship, that would be an absolute Notre Dame fans worst nightmare. And like, it, it could happen. I don't like, expect it to but it could definitely happen i think that would be worse than the all harbaugh uh football championship season <laughs> and, and full disclosure i'm a ravens right. fan we had season tickets for about 15 years Wait, and i'm congrats. one of the few congrats. i'm one of the few ravens fans i i actually love the rivalry and i if if they ever get rid of mike tomlin i think it's just a huge mistake i mean the fact that he right. wins out of them this year is amazing to me because I, I don't think they're that good, but they, I mean, they're in the playoffs. They're 10 they're, and seven. They're not. I they're, love, I love Mike Tomlin. I love the Steelers. Um, and I will root for the Ravens if they host the Browns in the second round of the playoffs. So there we go. You have that going for you. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. Well, since we're talking NFL, I'm going to go a little bit off typical script. I'm sitting here with my Utah State shirt on, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how good Jordan Love is. Oh, Jordan Love. I mean, I think, I think unfortunately he had a couple like stinker games like on primetime, so not a, not many people like nationally have have seen him play really well. But he's pretty good, and I think my bigger concern, which one of my coworkers said uh, on the on the Levitard show the other day, is like what what crazy thing he's going to do when he's not the Packers quarterback anymore. Cause now he's kind of following a long line of, of, of a bit of, a bit of weirdos over in green Bay. I don't know what they're doing to their quarterbacks over there, but he's been really good though. I'm, I'm I don't, I don't really, it'd be a pretty big upset. I think if they beat the Cowboys on the road this weekend, but I think they're capable of it the way they've been playing the last six weeks. Yep. I'll tell you, personality-wise, he couldn't be more different than both Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Uh, personality-wise, didn't Aaron Rodgers seem a lot different when he was Jordan Love's age, though? You're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I look, I grew up in Chicago, so I – and also, you know, the 2011 Super Bowl where the Steelers played the Packers, that one was – was challenging to me. There's a lot of Packers fans in the Chicagoland area and they were very mean to me after they won that Super Bowl. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of love for the Packers, even though I'm not a Bears fan. Um, the Packers have pretty much owned the Bears my entire life and probably always will. But when it, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's kind of funny because Bears fans also were mean to me in high school because I wasn't a Bears fan. So I, I, I did, I did kind of get a little bit of like sick satisfaction from from Sunday when the Packers won yet again in Chicago. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> well, since we have you here on the Message Board Geniuses podcast, I'd also be remiss if I didn't ask you about the message boards. I'm sure in your 
journalistic career you've referred to or at least looked at message boards, no? Um, yes, I think so. Notre Dame has some pretty prolific message boarders uh, over the years. So I have a bunch of friends that went to Notre Dame as well, who we will kind of like celebrate some of the more unhinged message board posts uh, over the years. And we have like a little bit of like a Rolodex of our favorite ones. Like there was a guy in 2017 uh, on one of the Post who said that he was never going to watch another Notre Dame game ever again as long as Brian Kelly was coaching, even if Notre Dame is up 35 points in the national championship. <laughs> and the header of his post was like, haven't watched a single second of a single game. And it was like one of the funniest, like, I don't even, I don't even know what he was mad at Brian Kelly about at that point. Cause it was, it was after the 2016 season where Notre Dame went four and eight, but 2017, they were like pretty good again. So right. he just was like, I'm never watching this again. And I just think that there have have been some I mean there's always Notre Dame fans complaining about you know um there was like a big thing about like them not having pre-game mass for the players when Brian Kelly was there and, and so there's a lot of complaints about that there was one guy who posted once about how he hated night games because you couldn't drive back to Chicago to have steak dinner at like Gibson's in Chicago after a game so I'm not like a poster and I'm not ever seeking out message board post myself but uh i am a connoisseur of the art of posting and i do really enjoy reading unhinged things from the fan base that i'm a part of so you're saying that you don't post on message boards no never i i feel like message board the heyday of message boards is like a little before my time like i feel like if i was like maybe a tiny bit older i would have been someone being like I hate Brian Kelly. Why did he do this on third down? And like, but it was a little like I was too, I think I was a little too like shy and too young and too sheepish to really ever get involved in it. Yeah, we just go to Twitter. We just go to Twitter. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like I could just do that on Twitter and like potentially ruin my own life. So why would I do it in private on a message board? Yeah. We're just unhinged and use our real name. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'll just put my picture next to it. Why not? We've never, we've never, I don't think we've ever had a guest admit to being on the message board. I know everybody's lying, but I'll yeah, just, I mean, I'm going to go on. with it. I mean, did what, what did Gojo say? I mean, surely he's glanced no, at he, Notre Dame. Well, he said board. he read them, but he said he didn't participate. Look, it's a dark place to be. And I'm not, and like, not every single one is bad, but there are occasionally some of the worst things you will ever see on those sites. And I think it's important to be cognizant of what, you know, when, when you work in like the quote unquote, like national media, you, you got to be aware of what, you know, the yeah. fans, the fan consensus is online. And is that like the fan consensus offline? Probably not. But, you know, you might see some things on there that you haven't thought about. And it's always good <laughs> to see what what crazy people are posting on the Internet, I think. <laughs> Those are the people we celebrate. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's why <laughs> I, we're not here. So. <laughs> right, exactly. That's why I appreciate I am a pre and a, a, again, a connoisseur of posting. Never post. <laughs> Well, as a, a lurker, it's called lurker. Yes, exactly. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm curious as to what your posts would have been after watching Michigan win the national championship. If I were a truly like anonymous poster, I think I think Ohio State fans should just be doubling down on the cheating allegations. I think any Big Ten fan should, right? Like, I think you got to muddy the waters enough that people in five years who don't really remember the details will just associate this national championship with cheating. And then if they look like more into it, they'll be like, Oh, it was like a, 
like a whole sign stealing thing with like video cameras and a guy named Connor Stallions like that. Maybe maybe it didn't have that big of an impact on how the defense was able to make Michael Penix look bad in the championship game. I'm not sure. But as long as if you're a, a rival of one of those teams, as long as you're muddying the waters there. So people associate do the word association, Harbaugh, Michigan cheaters. In five years, no one's going to remember the details. Just keep keep at it. That's my advice. If I were a poster, which I'm not, just a reader of posters. <laughs> no, right, well, I'm, I'm going to read you some options, and you tell me which one of these options best fits uh, your feelings after the game. This is kind of a cross section of posts from different fan base message okay. boards. Just some highlights. Um, so the first one is a guy from a Washington message board, Papa's Hango. He says, we lost to an untalented cheating team, so I will sleep good tonight knowing there was nothing we can do against the cheaters. Um, That's a great post. And there was you a, know he didn't sleep well. <laughs> he had the worst night's sleep of his life. He probably hasn't gotten to sleep yet. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so then there's an Ohio State board. They were they were still mad at Ryan Day after this. Um, so they were complaining about Ryan Day. This guy comes on here, GH Buck 23, and he says, uh, yep, Ryan Day, Saban couldn't even stop cheating Harbaugh. Saban wasn't cheating hard enough this year, I think. And the, the Ohio State fans being mad at Ryan Day thing is so funny because earlier this year during our Foot Girl segment on the Levitard show, which is not actually called Foot Girls anymore, um, <laughs> Lucy Rodine and I both were talking about how, you know, if, if Ohio State loses again to Michigan this year and doesn't do anything really of note in the postseason, which they didn't, um, fans are going to really start turning on Ryan day, even though he has an incredible record as a head coach and a ton of Ohio state fans got really mad at us. And they were like, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're very happy. It was kind of like the meme where, you know, the guy's like pissed off, but he's wearing like the smiley face <laughs> mask. And now, now that like all of these things have happened since the season ended, I'm like, I kind of want to revisit some of those comments, but what do I know? <laughs> Anyways. All right. How about this Alabama fan? He says the fix is in for Michigan. Really bad calls and holding all night by Michigan. Then they don't even review the interception to hit the ground. So will Michigan be stripped of the crown if the NCAA does their job? I like blaming it on the refs. That's a new angle. I think there. I mean, there were some pretty bad it's ACC refs, man. I, I know my my Clemson <laughs> and my Virginia fans in the in the group know what I'm talking about. Yep. Sometimes. You, you see some things that you don't want to see in those games. Um, I again, I don't think that was really the reason. It was like a three. Well, they won by three scores <laughs> in the end. They, yeah, I mean, yeah. they covered. They covered that spread. Believe oh, me. Yeah. ACC <laughs> had to make its mark in the championship game somehow, right? Exactly. The only way we're going to do it this year. They were like Florida State didn't make it, but trust right. me, we're still here. We're going to make this about <laughs> us. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's talk. Let's get one from a Florida State fan. That's. Florida State fans have, fans have been pretty funny over the last few weeks. Um, I laugh at their pain. Um, they've, <laughs> they've struggled. Um, so this guy says, Knowles fan 30 says, worst champion ever, question mark. <laughs> they aren't that good and cheated. Last night's game was boring AF. You know what? It was a pretty boring game. I'll <laughs> give them that. There were like six punts back to back to back in the second half. And I was like, 
if Michigan's going to win, just put the nail in the coffin already because I'm ready to go to sleep. I put my jammies on in the third quarter because I was so bored. Uh, so I, I think right now I'm leaning towards Florida State fan reaction. <laughs> All right. It did a- feel like that. Like they just kind of kept them in it, but there yeah, was no real. And Washington yeah. just had nothing on their <laughs> nothing. Off- on offense, just nope. nothing. Here's a good one. It's a Penn State fan. I'm not going to read the whole post because it's way too long. It's just the title. It said, hell is real and we're living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> is he referring to being a Penn State fan or the fact that Michigan won the national championship? <laughs> Man, I feel like on a spiritual level, I relate to this guy the most. I mean, like, there's some pretty bad going on in the world um and not sure if that's my reaction to the national championship game though but i i that is great posting all right george a georgia fan watched the game and said this surely these are not the two best teams looks more like a noon kickoff type deal. <laughs> i like that i i really do believe that georgia should claim this year's national championship if possible like they they would have been a really fun team to watch in the playoff. If only I blame Hugh Freeze. I blame Kirby Smart. I don't know who else to blame for for Alabama just getting in and dropping a turd in the Rose Bowl, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> it's all Hugh Freeze. All right. Here's here's my personal favorite. The last one is from a Michigan State fan. There is, there is, <laughs> it says, there is no God. He's dead. <laughs> All right, this guy. I'm going with this guy. That's excellent posting. I mean, I'm truly though. Imagine being a Michigan State fan this season. I mean, the scandal of your head coach being fired for doing horrible things, and then like all the other things that happen after that, the fallout, and then you have to watch Michigan finally win a national championship. It must have been the the average fan is not happy in East Lansing. That's for sure. You know what's bad when UVA fans are laughing at your fan base, uh, making sure you're going through it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would go with that one. I mean, that would be tough watching your – just to go through the season they went to, but watching your rival win a national championship has got to be just awful. From personal experience, um, I've watched it so many times that I'm numb. Because Alabama's won so many that you just get used to it. At some point, you just at some point you just start rooting for them because you're like, I don't even care anymore. This doesn't hurt me. This means nothing. Exactly. Maybe that's where the whole SEC chant came from. Exactly. Exactly. This means nothing to me anymore. Exactly. What was your overall takeaway from that game? Was Michigan the best team? I think so. I mean, it's hard to argue against it at this point, right? I think I think like it, I'd love to see them play Georgia. I'd love to see them like I don't even know who else they'd have to prove themselves against. Like Georgia's the only one, but Georgia lost the SEC championship game. There is no coming back from that. That's unfortunately how this playoff works now. So I mean, you have to win the games in front of you and complete the assignments. And Georgia didn't, so they didn't get it a, a chance. Um, I don't. I Michigan was really good. I I think like it was hard to. I think maybe hard for some people to stomach a because of the whole, you know, Connor Stallions thing and, and Jim Harbaugh is just such a weirdo, but they were extremely dominant in every game this season. Um, and they just like, they beat the crap out of Alabama and Washington, the best offense in college football. And I, this like is painful for me to say, but like there wasn't, it wasn't like they were a holding call away. Um, it just, yeah, well, this is where we're at. They were the best team this year. Good job. 
<laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's interesting because I think now it puts the pressure back. <laughs> cheating works. We're upsetting Everyone the guests, cheat. MBG. We're upsetting our guests. <laughs> yeah, we'll never come back. Can we shy away from Michigan? Yeah, what are you talking? doing? I'm pro-cheating. I'm pro-cheating. If Notre Dame needs someone to scout signals, I got you guys. There are no repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this puts the pressure, I mean, even more so back on Ryan Day to really come back next year and do something. Um, Obviously, it'll be easier to make the playoffs next year, but um, yeah, seems definitely. like he's got to win some games of consequence. And it looks like he's retooling, um, trying to retool the offense um, a little bit. And, you know, he signed Will Howard at quarterback, and it looks like they've got Quinchon Judkins to transfer from Old Miss, which upsets some Old Miss fans. I don't know. Are you, are you and Joy might be too young? Did you guys ever watch Eight Mile? I never watched Eight Mile, but I watched Scary Movie Three, where they parodied Eight Mile. Oh, I, I have never felt so old. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, "Holy crap!" Well, you also there's more. There's more Lebetard backstory here too with Jess and her movie. So yeah, I I actually was a I was a film major in college, but I've seen a really weird array of films. Never ones that you'd be like, "Have you seen this?" And I nope, haven't seen that one. <laughs> that was the most disappointed I've ever seen MBG. <laughs> he's been disappointed in me a lot. Shouldn't have asked the question. And he's a Utah State fan. <laughs> there's been there's been opportunities. <laughs> Certainly, you know a good diss track when you hear one, though, right? Of course. <laughs> so Quinshawn Judkins, we talked about him going to uh, Ohio State, and oh, this old, there's an old Miss fan that wasn't real happy about it, so he wrote his own diss track for Quinshawn uh, Judkins. So listen to it and tell me what you think about it. This this guy's name is R.I.P. Harambi, which is a good oh, start. I mean, <laughs> so here's his dis, his quote-unquote diss track. He says, MBG, I Quinshawn, need you to wrap this, by the way. Like you have someone to, give him a beat. You have to sing it like a diss track. I mean, give him a beat. <laughs> I mean, Hey, actually, people were asking for you to do that, Joy. No one asked for me to do it. No, <laughs> people asked for me to do that. But I've heard from a, a good amount of people, MBG. You were the one with the, the massive following. And so I think you owe it to your fans to do this right. No, 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 no. Just I'm say just, it like slam poetry style, like very dramatic, <laughs> dramatic good. line reading. I'll get way too embarrassed. Even if we're, even though we're not live and no one can see my face, I'm going to get way too embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here it is. I'm Most uncomfortable I've ever seen MBG. Look, look, if like, I need wants... a diet coke right now. <laughs> look, if someone wants to wrap it afterwards, I feel free. But I'm, I'm gonna you should leave. ask for fans, like fans, to send in their wrapped. Yeah. there we go. Wrapping version. Yeah. For exactly. All right, so here it was. Tell me what you think. Quinshawn. <laughs> now I'm going to laugh because I'm not wrapping it. Quinshawn, <laughs> why'd you leave this? leave stupid snitch you got some sort of genital itch i saw you was in ohio talking to them ugly coyotes you couldn't handle that this team is darts i put my booty hole on your girl's head release some gas and call it a fart i mean whoa. <laughs> i do like that he rhymed dart with fart but i don't like how he did that i don't like it was that was an inspired choice um, but yeah, he needs work. And at the end it says any, any suggestions? Yeah. A few. Hey, this was not, this is not good poetry. <laughs> it feels like he really tried to 
shoehorn fart in there a little this is horrifying hard. this is yeah, terrible that verse this was is... tough at the end there it kind of went <laughs> off the rails but is... how many drafts were there though that's what i want to know like was this first draft is this a it's rough bad. draft is this, yeah you is gotta, this brainstorming you gotta send this one back home and say you, you need some additional work on this paper need some notes right so my question was though if you had to write a diss track for anyone either in college football or in the media is there anyone that you can think of where you'd sit down and you'd write a diss track for them? It's a great question. Yeah, because you don't like them or just out of fun? I, Stugatz is an obvious answer. He's just <laughs> the most loathsome, loathsome person I've ever worked with. Um, he, he told me on Monday that uh, Chris, Mike Golick told him that Christine Lisi was a better baker than me. And so on my show today, I was like, Mike, did you tell Stugatz that Christine Lisi was a better baker than me? And he was like, no. So Stugatz is trying to like actively like put a wedge in between me and my podcast co-host right now. And I'm very upset with him. Um, so right now it's, it's Stugatz and I'm going to have to rhyme, like rhyme the word cookie with something. I don't know what, but very upset with him. But what rhymes with Stugatz? I mean, this, I... Yeah. yeah. I mean, his last name's Wiener, John Wiener. We can figure it out. Well, you could do a lot with that. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. You got a lot to work with there. <laughs> I'm not sure we could put it on this pod, but you got a lot to work with there. <laughs> My uh, favorite part of this is you know a diss track goes hard when it references a sorority. That, I think yeah. That's <laughs> I was like, Kyle, what? Messing all up. <laughs> well, well done. I, I get well played. I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> all right last one this one comes from a georgia board it's a little bit uh not sports related but i found it funny um there's a guy on the georgia board named mal malgua i guess is how you would say it and this was posted on january 4th just for context he says just found a huge grocery bag of mcdonald's at my front door it was delivered by Uber Eats at 12.34 p.m. on New Year's Day, and I didn't order it. Take the highest temp since delivery has been 53 degrees, but I should take into consideration that this takeout food was in the shade of my porch as well. The other three days since delivery, the temps have been in the low 30s to mid 40s. There's still some ice in the soft drink. I'm thinking the 20-piece chicken nuggets and three orders of large fries have enough preservatives that can be resuscitated in the air fryer. I'm more worried about the two full, full size Big Mac sandwiches because the special sauce has a mayo component. This quarter pounder should be fine. No mayo, according to the order slip. If I were still a college student, I wouldn't even be starting this thread. But what do you all think? The Big Macs are still good? Question mark. Oh. God, this is. What's your advice? Can he eat it? I mean, I think the drink is fine, but uh, the, the ice in the cup actually kind of is alarming that it hasn't melted yet. Is it in a is it like in a special McDonald's Stanley Cup? I don't know. I, I would say no. I'm one of those people who grew up with parents that a never threw anything away that expired. Like I could find uh, cinnamon in their pantry from like 1986. If I tried right at this moment, um, and B like my, my dad just doesn't believe in expiration dates. So I'm like, I've like swung very far the other way where if something like even looks slightly off, I'm like, I can't eat it. It's gross. I can't eat it. So no, I don't think you should eat this. I would not eat this. Is there any fast food that would three days old you would eat? No, I don't think there's any food three days old. I would eat. Taco That's Bell. I mean, it congeals outside. together. It's great. 
but it's just been sitting on his porch. Oh, it's gross. 53 degrees yeah. is not food safe. <laughs> if it were, if this were, maybe I'll give it to him if he's like in Chicago in the winter and it's like fridge temperatures outside. But 53 is, in, if the sun's out, pretty warm. I don't like that. I think we can all agree, though, that the best course is to go to a message board to ask for advice on something like this, though, right? Like anything medical yeah, related. I mean, or... Great posting. <laughs> it, it, I, do, I do love medical food safety, like <laughs> anything of this quality. Like I'm I love the mindset of like I am absolutely taking this straight to the Internet, to my <laughs> to my go dogs message board to ask them what they think, because they, they definitely know. And he's going to be where the experts are on this, right? <laughs> he's gonna do whatever they tell him. He's like a like a thirteen year old boy. Like whatever his friends tell him to do, he's gonna do, no matter how wise uh, the advice might be. I need to know if this guy lives in the same like Georgia message board cinematic universe of the guy who was saying that he should tamper with Dylan Rayola's flight oh. out of the Atlanta <laughs> airport. Although in hindsight, now that I, I, were there any recruits on the Alaskan air flight last week? Has anyone checked into that? The <laughs> Things happened on That's that plane. Great question. I, I am a little, I hadn't thought about it either, but now I'm a little concerned. This yeah. is why you have your job and we have ours. We have <laughs> it, it seems like the air marshals need to be notified if there are any recruits on board. <laughs> Quarterback in row th 13. <laughs> By the way, have any of you all ever had a mayonnaise-based food poisoning before? Ugh, no, uh, it sounds I, terrible. Yeah, so I went I uh, imagine tubing. you have. I have. <laughs> I went tubing with a bunch of my idiot college friends my, I think my senior year. And uh, we, we stopped at this place called Bodo's Bagels. And I got like a roast beef and mayonnaise bagel and we left it in the car. And I got so drunk during the tubing that I lost my tube in the river somehow, got back in the car and my friends know I'm an idiot. So they were literally looking at me saying, do not eat that sandwich. And I was like, all right. And then the guy who was driving said he looked in the rear view mirror and saw me ducking down behind the seat, like eating it after we'd been in the sun for like four hours and I've never been so sick in my life. So oh, that yeah. sounds terrible. But I didn't go to the message board. That was the problem. I should have asked him for advice. Obviously, they would have said no. They uh, well, I don't know actually. But I'm, I'm so curious now what the comments say on this post. <laughs> they were encouraging encouraging him to eat it, but I did not see a report that he had eaten it or what happened to him after oh, he did Jesus. eat it. Jesus. So. <laughs> well, I don't know if he will. I don't know if he will be around to tell the tale. <laughs> Speaking of farts, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is the same guy that goes to the message board to ask us, like, how to cheat on his wife. They're the same genre. Yeah. Absolutely. I would love to click on his username and see his previous post because I promise you it's been like, so my wife found out about this and now she's mad. Like, that's that gives this kind of vibe. Yeah, it's kind of energy. Yeah. I do like the general, like, advice, non football advice genre of, of posts. Not when they're, love it. you know, people yeah. cheating on their spouses, but just, you know, any sort of advice. Like, it reminds me of, like, the old, like, Yahoo questions or Yahoo answers. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You could peruse those things for hours. <laughs> I will say, I found some on the Texas Tech board the other day, and they were talking about spouses cheating and things like that. And there were some real good stories, but they were a little too personal. I didn't feel like I should post them on Twitter, but I wish I could have. It was amazing. Uh, you do the most amazing. Work. He's like, we I didn't want to post them, but let me tell you how amazing they were. They, they were amazing. <laughs> all, I, all I can say is they're amazing. That's all I'll say. But I do love one. that. 
this is like okay. Duma for college football. Like there's all just the rumors and the blind items, but it's right. like, should I eat this five day old McDonald's? <laughs> I'm very impressed yeah. if MBG who's in Casey know what Duma is. Uh, <laughs> we might be I'm, I'm nodding my head like, yeah. But I was about no to say, y'all all three just shook your head and acted like we just got called out. I have no idea what Doom was. I knew immediately when you said it. I was like, I don't know what rigor means. Not over here, Googling. You learn about Dumont at Notre Dame, actually. That's why I transferred. Um, actually, Sam Hartman was a subject of a Dumont video like earlier this year, and I was like, truly, we are like through the looking glass of the Notre Dame quarterback is on this super popular celebrity gossip account. Like this level of celebrity has not been achieved. And at Notre Dame, and I can't even remember how long it was. It was something magical. Honestly, MBG, you are like the Dumois of the sports world. So like she had, she, yeah, it's a she, she has an Instagram account where she'll post like blind items that people will anonymously send her about like celebrity things that are happening or sightings or like things that they've heard rumblings rumors things of that nature and she'll always post and be like i'm not confirming or denying i'm just telling you and then now she's built such a following that like she actually will like she's a celebrity now yeah like, it's she crazy. will like break news but she's completely anonymous so she like wrote a whole book but under that title and that name so no one really knows who she is i'm sure some people do but my favorite Dumois post of all time was when someone messaged her and was like, just saw Joe Biden in D.C. And she replied, likely place for him to be. <laughs> it's basically where you submit like celebrity sightings. So right. it's like, yeah, he lives there. <laughs> like, I'm shocked. I can't believe it. So she's oh, got a sense awesome. of humor, too. You like but like she knew about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey months before anyone else did. Like she yeah. girl's good. Yeah, it's Impressive. scary. But BG, it was high praise that you know, that came oh. up on this. Yeah, show. you're welcome. I, <laughs> I just needed to acknowledge the fact that y'all were really just going to roll as if you knew what she was talking All about. All three of us were nodding our heads so hard. <laughs> None of you did. I may have to just download the video just for my own personal to like just see the three of us going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny because I knew as soon as she said it, I was like, I know at least two of the three don't know what the heck that is. <laughs> and who's this over here like, yeah rank who you think would have known from first to last yeah i think casey if i had to give one it would have been casey i didn't think mbg or who's had a chance in hell i would say from youngest to oldest casey than mbg and i would be the least likely to know probably out of three of us so that's probably so, man i sold it before i got called out by joy <laughs> i don't get many opportunities to call you three out on yeah, things. that was solid <laughs> if i get the opportunity i'm gonna take it <laughs> yep well jessica thanks for joining us it was awesome to have you um, anytime that was a lot of fun you I, wanna... I, again you're doing the lord's work check out the levitard show and golik and smetty we we talk about uh, more more football on Golik and Smitty than the Levitar show, I'd say. So, <laughs> let us know where else we can find you. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Jessica Smetana, S M E T A N A. My last name means sour cream in Czechoslovakian. So that's cool. <laughs> nice, awesome. Yeah, uh, love it. Well, thanks again, Jessica. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Jessica, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. So much, I appreciate really, it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh -huh.